What's up, everyone? It's the Love the Jam the podcast. I'm Chapan. Come to you as always with Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm uh, doing okay. It's been kind of a rough week for Clippers basketball, but uh, life is going fine otherwise. So you know, you, you win some, you lose some. This was a weird week, um, kind of up and down, probably more down than anything else. The Clippers kind of played down to their competition a lot of the week, um, maybe with a slight exception of that Kings game, which was a nice win. But this was, uh, this was not particularly too uplifting of a week, and I think Clipper, the Clipper fans will, will probably reflect that. Today, the Clippers just got done beating the Knicks about an hour ago uh, from the time we're doing this pod, 135.32. And the game was was uh, was pretty much that close. Uh, the Clippers got down by double digits early. I want to say they were down 15 or so points in that first quarter, um, and things were looking kind of bleak, similar to they were against Memphis. But they picked it up in the second quarter, built a nice lead, only for the Knicks to chip away and get pretty close in that fourth quarter. The Knicks never took the lead, but they did. Um, they did cut to the lead pretty pretty close quite a few times. Luckily. It was never really a single possession game, as the final score does show, but the Knicks were there, and um, they were led by Marcus Morris Sr., who we're going to be talking about, who had 38 points. But the Clippers, on the Clippers' hands, first time ever that the teams had three people scoring 30-plus in a game. Paul George had 32 points on 9 of 14. Um four boards, three assists, but he had seven turnovers, six fouls, including a kind of perplexing one to lose uh, to get fouled out with seven minutes left in the game. Didn't really play particularly good defense, which has been a theme of his. Uh, Montrez Harrell went 13 for 21, had another monster game, 34 points. Lou Williams was huge in a massive lifeline down the stretch, 32 and nine, seven turnovers for him. Both those guys shot really well. Lou Williams, I want to say, had five three-pointers in that huge second quarter, including three or so back-to-back. He was yeah. he was great offensively. Ibuka um, Zubac played 12 minutes. Mo Harkless played 21. Um, Jermichael Green correctly played 32 minutes there's a lot to talk about with the Clippers right now this was uh Rob what were your initial feelings on just this game yeah so um I missed a lot of the first quarter actually which I guess lucky for you (laughs) Uh, yeah I was hanging out with my girlfriend today um and I started watching actually I think I missed the entire first quarter I think I started watching early in the second um and really I mean I think you're right and there is a lot to talk about um probably more than we've had to talk about maybe the entire season thus far. Um, Lots of stuff has kind of started happening. Um, And while I still think people who are really panicking, um, you know, it's, I think it's still a little early for that. I think, you know, we're at the point where there are enough games played that there are trends and this team just doesn't consistently play hard enough. Um, You know, I, I think that's something that we can tell pretty easily at this point. Um, you know, the Knicks, uh, they have a new coach. They've been playing better with the new coach. There is some talent on that roster, uh, but they should not be scoring 132 points against anybody. Um, really, they, they really should not. Um, and this team just cannot figure out defense at the right times. Um, there's some weird stuff going on with rotations. There's, there's really a lot. I mean, I think seeing Lou and Paul George get out of kind of their prolonged slumps shooting the ball was really great to see. Um, even though Paul George still had a ton of just awful turnovers yeah. um, and Lou's defense was kind of, you know, as bad as usual. I mean, they each had seven actually. So they both had a lot. PG's felt a little bit worse to me um, probably because Lou is so much better at passing and playmaking. Um, and even Montrez Harrell, who again was an absolute monster and really carried the Clippers offensively throughout the game his defense at the rim is just so bad. Um, like when Montrose Harrell is playing center, it's as if the Clippers don't have any presence at the rim. And it's not Montrose Harrell's fault. He tries hard defensively. Um, he plays with a lot of energy. He's just too small and he doesn't have great defensive instincts. And, um, you know, when he plays 36 minutes, the Clippers are really going to give up a lot of points. Um, you know, I understand why they went with Trez because he was so great offensively. Um, but, I mean, I think really the, the shape that's coalescing for the Clippers is that there, if there is a trade to be made, and we'll talk trades later, I think it should be for a big man. Um, because I don't think Zubats 
and Harrell, I, I think just the two of them each have weaknesses um, and they can't play together. So I don't know. There's a lot of thoughts going on. I'm kind of rambling a little bit. Um, you know, what do you think about just everything that's going on right now? Um, it's it's rough. Um, Trez has been pretty sharp offensively the last couple of games, but I agree with you. I think if there's a trade to be made, it is for a big man. And it's kind of tough because, you know, this is a concern even coming in, even in the preseason when we were talking about freaking Joachim Noah as being a legitimate option as like a third center. But I think, I think what's become more and more apparent is that Zubat is great at defense. He's a great rim protector, but he's not particularly uh, a smooth offensive player. His hands have a lot of work. Um, he his endurance probably has more work than we like to admit because when Trez was sick that one game, Zoo really did tail off at the end of that game against the Jazz where he initially he looked pretty dominant. So Zoo giving Zoo more minutes doesn't, doesn't particularly seem like the answer. And Trez, as great as he is offensively, and he is just getting better and better offensively, his natural limitations really hamper him. And you know, if we could combine those two players, we'd have exactly what we needed. But unfortunately, that's not what we have. You know, I, I'm less concerned about the the ball handling and having a, another point guard when we're completely healthy because we have so many guards who can handle the ball and we're going to be running the offense through Paul George and Lou Williams and Kawhi Leonard so often that I'm less concerned about getting a real point guard, obviously, if it presented itself in like a Drew Holiday, I, I wouldn't deny it, but we're not going to get a guy like that. So I do think a center probably is the most, the biggest concern right now for this team. Now, as far as becoming a big concern, is it is it to the point where you're like, well, a deal needs to be made? Or are you at the point where you, you still want to see this team healthy? It's tough. It's a tough situation. I think... Uh- I don't think a deal needs to be made. Um, I think they also have, they have a month until the trade deadline and hopefully, um, you know, PG and Pat both looked pretty healthy today. Um, so, you know, with Kawhi coming back, you know, after his load management break today, the Clippers should once again be at full strength. Um, and I still want to see this team play at full strength for a couple of weeks before making any big moves. Um, but I do think that's really the move to make. Um, you know, the actual player out there is more difficult. You know, a hypothetical trade for a starting big man who can give you, you know, at least 25 minutes a game uh, and give you something on both ends um, sounds great. Um, there are not that many of those guys, and not many of those guys are available or are available for what the Clippers have to offer. Um, you know, a guy we talked about, um, you know, I think on the Patreon pod, maybe actually, no, it was on a pod Lucas and I were on yesterday with, um, with two Raptors guys. Um, and check that out. We retweeted it a couple of times yesterday. Um, is that Marcus all really fits a lot. Um, you know, again, maybe not quite as good defensively as he used to be, but still, um, at least as good as zoo defensively, probably a little better, and a bigger upgrade than Zoo offensively. He has a better jumper. He's a far better passer. Um, can just run a little bit more offense through him. Has proven chemistry with Kawhi. Um, you know, that's the example of a guy, Miles Turner, we've thrown out there. I think he's going to cost way too much. Um, so actually finding a trade is more difficult. But I agree with you on that. When you look at trying to find minutes for ball handlers, I mean, today was a game without Kawhi Leonard. And... Just when you look at where guards might get minutes, I mean, Jerome, Rob- Jerome Robinson played eight minutes. Rodney Magruder played 13. Landry Shamit played 13. Um, you know, that's 34 minutes. And a lot of those would be going to Kawhi Leonard anyway. That would could hypothetically go to another guard off the bench. I just don't know where that guard is really going to see that many minutes. Um, again, like as you said, if they get a Drew Holiday or a Kyle Lowry or somebody who's a clear starting level player um, – you know, that's a different story. But in terms of like a Darren Collison or, uh, you know, even a DJ Augustine or an Alfred Payton or what, I mean, would they be a marginal upgrade on the bench over Derek Walton or Jerome Robinson or Terrence Mann? Sure. But they are not moving the needle for this team. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think the weaknesses again are that the Clippers are giving up a lot of points, partially because Montrezl Harrell um, is not a good defensive player. 
and Lou Williams is not a good defensive player. And playing the two of them together, big minutes, which the Clippers have to do, um, frequently leads to a lot of points scored by the other team. Um, and I don't think, again, it's necessarily something that has to be amended. I think this team is really good. Um, they're 26-12. and 12. They've played, I think, the most games in the entire NBA. Um, they've had a really tough schedule. They've dealt with a lot of injuries, and they've still been really good. Um, so, again, I think some of the freakouts are a little bit overdramatic. Um, but I do think if you're going to make a move, it should be there. I don't really see the need um, or, the, or really where another ball handler would get minutes. I think that's kind of – if there's a marginal upgrade to be made, it would be there um, just to upgrade, you know, the 11th or 12th man. But in terms of a trade that would really reshape this team, I think it would have to be a big man. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, I think the team was very good today, 11 and 10 for Jermichael Green. I don't think there's too much to really point out much, really. I think Trez and Lou Williams were good even in the Grizzlies' loss, uh, and they're just kind of doing their thing. They're dominant offensively and have a lot to be desired defensively. Paul George looked good shooting-wise today, but as you mentioned, was sloppy otherwise. A lot of turnovers, a lot of Got cooked a couple times by R.J. Barrett, too. Um, his Defensively, he still has a bit to be desired. Um, but, you know, he's coming fresh off a hamstring injury, so he has a little bit of slack. The rest of the team, I mean, Pat Beverly did Pat Beverly things. Um, not really too much else really pops off the box score, particularly uh, after that. Um, there, there's there been some, you know, I think we might as well mention Marcus Morris Sr., who's been in Clippers rumors since the offseason. I think both of us already have kind of similar perspectives as far as whether or not this team needs somebody like Marcus Morris. Um, I have not been quiet about not wanting him particularly, but what do you think about Marcus Morris? Yeah, I mean, I think in a vacuum, he is an upgrade over most of the Clippers' wings, non-Kawhi and Paul George division. I mean, I think in a vacuum, he's probably better than Mo Harkless. He's better than Rodney Magruder. He's definitely better than Patrick Patterson. Um, between him and Jermichael Green, I think, is different because Jermichael can play center and is a bit bigger um, and better defender. I think I'd probably rather have Jermichael Green in a, Green in a vacuum. Um but and I think the issue is he just really doesn't solve any of the Clippers' problems. Um, right. He's yeah. not a particularly good defender. I don't think he's awful, but he's not good. Um, and he's certainly not the type of guy who's going to bring it every single game. Um, you know, he's kind of notorious for being a bit mercurial. Um, you know, he'll play amazing some games and awful some other games. Um, and this team, you know, the effort level is something that could be addressed. Marcus Morris is not addressing that. And the team's biggest issue offensively is not scoring points. I mean, they have a really good offense. It's that they get stagnant sometimes, and they need people who can play make for others and get the offense in a flow. And Marcus Morris is one of the worst ball stoppers in the entire NBA. Now, he's effective. He's a guy who's a very good shooter and can score in isolation because of his size and his ability to shoot and overpower defenders. But I just – I don't get it. I don't think he would solve this team's issues at all. Um, again, I mean, I think if you swapped him out for, you know, let's say Morty's Harkless, Jerome Robinson, and a couple picks, the offense would probably be better. Um, I think the defense would suffer. And I think yeah. the same basic issues would remain, which is ISO, um, ball stopping, um, lack of movement, just general not great execution. So I, I just don't see it. I don't think giving up real assets for him – really makes any sense. Um, but, you know, I'm biased. I, I, again, Marcus, players like Marcus Morris are really not my type of players. Um, you know, I'm pretty upfront about not liking those type of, of guys. Um, and I also just, the locker room stuff, you know, I don't think he's necessarily a quote-unquote cancer, but I don't know if he's necessarily what's needed in this locker room. So, for me, Marcus Morris is a pretty huge stay away. I don't really understand the interest. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And not only that, and say we do trade, we would trade, you know, Mo Harkless combo platter for, for, uh, 
for Morris, he would not like that he's not closing games and he should not close games with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Lou Williams all playing. Like there's no point in closing with Marcus Morris. I don't, I, I just don't want to, I want to stay away from him. He's a very talented offensive player. Obviously you could see today and, and like you mentioned, he's an effective ball stopper, but we don't need another one of those. I just don't think he checks any boxes for the Clippers. Um, we might, we might touch on another guy who had a bit of an audition game who I, who I like a little bit more than Morris senior, but uh, I'm not particularly a fan of Morris Senior. I don't really have much to mention about about the Knicks. Uh, Julius Randle was very Julius Randle out there. He's torched us before. He wasn't great today, but he had some nice plays. Um, RJ Barrett was was very efficient today. He looked pretty good. Got to his spots pretty well, especially in that first quarter. Um, and they got a bunch of bench, uh, a little like small bench um, guys that kind of contributed. It was pretty great to see Bobby Portis mouth off in the first quarter after hitting two field goals in a row and then uh, not scoring from the field again after that. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Bobby Portis is, a, is not, not very good. I thought, I mean, I thought the, the Knicks maybe second or third best player today was probably Reggie Bullock. Um, yeah, Reggie Bullock, Reggie well. Bullock. Yeah. I thought he played pretty solid defense on Lou Williams. And, um, you know, he, he only took a few shots, but he moves the ball offensively. I mean, I'd be more interested in Reggie Bullock than Marcus Morris. Um, and I'm not that interested in Reggie Bullock. But, I mean, I think in terms of a guy who's just more of a pure shooter. Um, and is, yeah, is not somebody who will hold the ball and just – he's kind of like a better Rodney Magruder, I'd say. Um, I'm a much better shooter, probably a slightly worse ball handler and defender. Um, I'd be fine with him. I thought he played well. Um, Mitchell Robinson needs to work on some things, but he is pretty terrifying out there. Um, he is. He's got all the tools. Yeah, he had that one dunk, the lob, where he just jumped so effortlessly over Montrez Harrell. Um, he just kept going up, and there was just no chance of contesting him. Um, it's crazy how much Trez bullied him considering how, how much, you know, issue Trez, you know, I, I think, I think Seaman mentioned and so did Billups about how Trez has gotten much better against length, but it's not like he solved it. And Mitchell Robinson doesn't have the IQ to kind of know when to, when to jump <laughs> when, mm-hmm. uh, when Trez goes up, but Robinson would absolutely give Trez difficulty if he just had a little more reps probably under him. But yeah, Mitchell Robinson is a terrifying player. I think he's got a ton of potential. And I like the Knicks, man. I like I like some of the Knicks players. I don't I don't think they're going to you know make the playoffs this year or anything. But they have a ton of talent, you know. Um, Taj Gibson is a nice vet to have on that team. Um, you know, Frankie Smokes, R.J. Barrett, uh, Mitchell Robinson, Bullock. I like all those guys. So um, even Randall and Senior are, are not my kind of guys, but they're they're good offense. Yeah, they're good NBA players. players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I think it's just a sign of how awful David Fisdale is as a coach. Unfortunately, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a guy who, I mean, by all accounts, seems like a pretty cool dude. Um, just does not seem like a good NBA head coach. Um, really does not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this win, you know, it was out without Kawhi. It was the second night of a back-to-back. I mean, I understand it's a mix. They're bad. Uh, and the defense is really bad. But I thought the effort was much better in this one. Um and I thought the offense, despite all the turnovers from PG and Lou, uh, flowed quite a bit better in this one. Um, still too much iso ball, but with the way Montrez, Lou, and PG were playing, I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, when guys are that hot, you kind of just have to feed them. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I have too much else to say. I thought it was very interesting that Doc Rivers went with Jerome Robinson for four or five minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. But... Um, he closed yesterday. Even when uh, when the guys should have all been resting, he closed with you know essentially the four that we're used to, plus um, or not the four, but uh, Shamit instead of Beverly um, and Jerome with uh, with Kawhi, Trez, and and Lou, which was not what I want to see. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, to say the least. I, I I'm I. I don't think we need to talk about Jerome, but he should, he shouldn't be getting any minutes anymore. I mean, I just think, I mean, I think I've said this before. I think just one of the most baffling development <laughs> stories I can remember. And that His shot is ridiculous. Build as the scorer and who could do nothing else. And instead he's turned into like a pretty good defender who can't score or do anything offensively. It's extremely confusing. I just, 
I, I just don't know. What so happened. not only does he miss threes, he like tries to wedgie them almost like like in what a game where he's he just the like, opposite <laughs> of of Paul. Well, he's the opposite of Paul George when he was on that hot streak where every time he shot, I was like, oh, that's going in. Every time Jerem shoots, I'm like, nope, that that is not going in. Um, it's like disgusting misses too. But his defense is somehow good. I mean, he doesn't have the length or the size to be like that versatile defender, but he's pretty good on smaller guys. And he really does play with a lot of effort. I mean, if you could somehow get his shot back to normal or even okay, I think he'd be a rotation player, but I just, I don't get why he was getting minutes since over Landry Shamit. Um, it's bad. Well, Shamit had four fouls initially and that's why they put him in right away. Yeah, but I mean in the fourth right. quarter. Right, I just, right. I, I agree. It's, it's rough. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to be talking about Michael Porter Jr. today, even though I'm sure people might think about him because he had a 25-point game. The guy had multiple backs. That's multiple back surgeries. I still understand not drafting him. He looks good right now, but let's wait till the end of the season for that kind of guy before crying about Michael Porter Jr. Jerome Robinson obviously was not the right pick at this point. Uh, and it's unfortunate, but you know, I mean, you know, drums made some strides elsewhere. I just hope his shot comes around. It's incredible yeah. how, how poorly he's shooting. I don't know what happened. Um, oh, and anyways, anyway, speaking of Fizdale, his old team, the Memphis Grizzlies, came into town yesterday and beat the shit out of us. Uh, One forty. <laughs> uh, they had four players score twenty plus. Jaron Jackson Jr. had twenty four on ten shots. Um, Jay Crowder had the game of his life. 27 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, uh, six of 11 from three, three steals, three blocks, one turnover. Might be like one of the best fantasy games of the, of the year. Uh, Shot nine for 17 from the field and also auditioned to an extent. Um, Jonas Valachunas had nine and nine and 12. Uh, John Morant had 22 points and nine assists and Dylan Brooks had, uh, had 22 himself. And really they had a, they were just, they just beat the hell out of us. They, they looked better from the, from the, from the start, the team looked really out of whack, especially the starters. This bench didn't play too badly, but the starters felt like they had no idea how to play together. And, you know, for a decent reason, Paul George was out. Pat Beverly was out. It was kind of a weird mix of guys. Um, so the team just didn't look particularly good. They started Kawhi Leonard, Mo Harkless, Zubat, Walton Jr., Shamit. I don't think that team has started together before. And uh, it was a lot of Kawhi hero ball, and he ended up shooting eight for 24 from the field. So that can just kind of give you an idea how effective it was. Kawhi was minus 22 uh, plus minus and uh, was the worst aside for Mo Harkless, who in 17 minutes was minus 23. Yeah. Um, Not good. I think those two guys really sunk the Clippers. I thought it was Harkless's worst game as a Clipper. I didn't think his defense was very good. Um, his offense, he had a couple really bad turnovers. He missed open shots. Um, really was just a, a strong negative on the evening. You can see that in the plus-minus, even though single-game plus-minus is always kind of iffy. But, um, you know, I think that really bears out. And Kawhi was just really rough. Um, mm. You know, and partially I think it's because they had so few offensive threats in the starting lineup. But still, I mean, he was just taking really bad shots, um, had some really bad turnovers, wasn't moving the ball very well. Uh very rough effort from those two guys. And I think that's really what sunk the first unit. I mean, Landry Shim was also ice cold from three, went one for seven. Um, no assists, which, again, is not what you want to see from a guy that the Clippers have been trying to build as, like, an increased and improved playmaker and ball handler. Um, really has not shown that very much this year. Uh, it was just bad. It was really bad. I mean, like you said, the bench wasn't awful. Um, mostly because of Lou and Trez, who are both really good offensively. Um, but, I mean, they just could not stop the Grizzlies, and it was it was ugly. It was it was the worst game of the season. It might have been worse than any game last season, too. It was, um, it was very bad. It was really bad. Um, I don't really have too much to say about it. The starters just looked like, like a mess, and that was really what sunk the team. Uh, Lou and Trez both played well. Um, and tried their best to keep us in this game. Trez, especially, I felt like was uh, was particularly impressive. Um, but this was just uh, this was just a really really bad game. And Kawhi was off, and really, if Kawhi is off with those starters, then we're we're kind of sunk, anyways. Uh, the Grizzlies are are good. I think the Grizzlies in a couple of years will be really good between Jackson Jr. and Morant. Like that's a that's a great 
that's a great duo. So it's going to be fun to watch them grow. Jay Crowder is, is a name that's been thrown around for the Clippers. I mean, he has a lot of those three and D tendencies type things and he's not a ball stopper. I, I mean, I have much more interest in somebody like that than I would somebody like uh, Marcus Morris. That's for sure. Whether how gettable he is or what package we'd have to do to get somebody like that. It, it's, it's tough. I mean, does Jay Crowder kind of, fancy you at all or like do you kind of have any interest in a guy like that for this team um you know i think it's kind of similar to marcus morris i think i'd rather have crowder both i mean the clippers would have to give up less for him um i think his defense is better than marcus morris uh he's not as much of a ball stopper probably a better locker room guy so i think i mean he's i would rather trade for him but i still think at bottom he doesn't really solve any of the clippers difficulties um, again, you know, he's probably an upgrade of sorts over Mo Harkless, you know, Patrick Patterson, those guys. But he doesn't really address anything, so I don't really see it. I mean, if you can – yeah, I, I just – I don't see it. I would rather him than Marcus Morris. Like, if the Clippers give up real assets for Marcus Morris, I think that'll be a, a truly awful trade. Um, you know, if they give up, you know, matching salary for Jay Crowder, it's whatever. Um, but that was certainly the game of his life. He looked really, really good that game. Uh, and, and really tore the Clippers up. Jaron Jackson Jr. was unstoppable inside. Uh, John Morant pretty much carved the Clippers up. It was it was really rough to watch. Their defense was just so bad in that one. It was bad. We can touch it a little briefly. I don't really have too much more to say about that Grizzlies game. I mean, it's one of those games where the Clippers just look flat, and I don't think I think they really missed George and Beverly. And Kawhi Ball was not efficient and was not good, and it really sunk the team Kawhi also got a technical he was frustrated all game uh you could probably see it on his face more so than any other Clipper game I've seen from him um he said he got fouled on a play I want to say it was late in the second quarter maybe and um he was mad that he didn't get the call and he was kind of barking a lot of the game more than you're used to seeing Kawhi bark um not quite you know, Blake Ribbon or Chris Paul levels, but he was clearly frustrated and uh, got a tee and that kind of embodied a lot of the game. This is a rough game. I think it's one of those you can kind of just follow away and forget. Um, the Pistons win was not particularly memorable either, honestly. The Clippers had a nice third quarter and on the surface, they had a, l- a lot of nice stats. Kawhi was eight for 16. Paul George shot well while he was there before leaving with his hamstring Distress, Montrez, Harold, Lou Williams both played well. Trez looked good um, after being sick uh, previously. So, I mean, this was a nice game. The Pistons are bad. They didn't have Blake Griffin, so they were really awful. Derek Rose is like their second best player or something like that, and Derek Rose is bad at basketball. Drummond was not particularly effective, and they are, you know, they're a pretty bad basketball team. They still managed to have like eight players and oh my, nine players in double figures that game, um, which is not great. Uh, the Pistons, even, you know, even in today's NBA, probably shouldn't be scoring 112 points with Derrick Rose as their best scorer in a basketball game. But they actually did manage to score and they made a big run in the fourth quarter. And the team just still didn't look good in this game, really. What do you think about this game, Rob? Yeah, the first half was a shit show. Um, it was bad, yeah. It was like 63-69. It was really close. Yeah, I mean, the first half really was a foreshadowing of the Memphis game. Um, the Pistons just looked better. Like, the Clippers were giving up um, open shots all the time. They were slow. They the bad, didn't look like... The bad roster looking at the Pistons team, man. Yeah, I mean, bad. the Pistons are... I mean, they didn't have anybody. They were playing like four or five NBA players, and it just didn't matter. Um, Derrick Rose was carving up the Clippers defenders. Bruce Brown was carving up the Clippers defenders. And Bruce Brown, I mean, I like Bruce Brown. He's a good defensive player. He is not very good offensively. He was getting to wherever he wanted on the court. The Clippers seemingly did not read a scouting report on Derrick Rose. They kept letting him go to his right. Um, and it was brutal. I mean, they turned it around and won. Um, but that pretty much symbolized how they played against Memphis and to a lesser extent New York. Um, I don't have too much else to say. I mean, again, it, that was a very typical game for really good teams where I, even in the first half, I was like, oh, they're going to end up winning this. Um, it wasn't quite as bad as the Memphis game where 
really from the get-go, I didn't think they were going to win that game because they just looked so slow and overwhelmed. Um, the Pistons game was, you know, it's a good team not taking another team seriously, kind of loafing around and then turning it on and winning. Again, not really great basketball or good, you know, practice, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's too much more to say about that game. The The game against the Kings probably was the best game of the week. Um, 105-87 in Sacramento against, you know, a Kings team that's kind of underperforming, but they have a lot of good players, and I'm surprised they're this bad. You know, they have Buddy Heal, De'Aaron uh, Fox, who's fantastic. Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes, who's a player I like a lot, reminds me a lot of Trez. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, a lot of nice players on that team. And the Clippers... Uh, fairly easily won this game. I thought that they played well from almost top to bottom, aside from yeah. Paul George yep. shoot, shooting like crap. But really, everybody else played really well. Your your boy Derek Walton Jr. Uh, had a career high, uh, hit double figures, and had a nice post game moment uh, for the prime ticket fans. And this was a good game. Um, this Paul uh, Kawhi Leonard only shot eight for twenty one, but he kind of turned it on when he needed to. I want to say in the third quarter when the team needed to be put away a bit. And just a nice game. Everybody played well. Zubat had a nice performance. Shamit played well. Everybody kind of chipped in. Trez looked still sick to me. Um, yeah, so he, he wasn't He wasn't great. But otherwise, every, everyone uh, everyone that played chipped in played pretty well. What do you think about that game, Rob? Yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, I don't think the Kings are particularly good this year. Um, they're not good this year. But, I mean, I think they probably have the most talent of any of the teams from top to bottom that the Clippers played this week. Um, Memphis has more explosive potential with their young guys. Um, but in Sacramento has better veterans and I think just a more well-balanced roster. Um, but I mean, they're still not particularly good. I mean, I thought the Clippers did play really well though, especially defensively. Um, it was an encouraging game. It was a, it was a decent start to the week and you know, the Clippers kind of steadily fell after that. Um, yeah. But it was a good win. Um, you know, I good, thought, good Harkless game. Yeah, it was. that was a good Harkless game. It was a good Zubats game. It was a good Derek Walton Jr. game. The role players really stepped up in that one, which was good. Um, and I don't have too much else to say. I mean, I think that was a game that was very much like what I think we expected to see from the Clippers this year, which was kind of suffocating defense and a pretty well-balanced attack offensively. It's really not something we've seen very much but it was it was still great to see um and yeah i mean i think that's kind of the blueprint really i mean they need to do it against better teams than the kings but you know it's it was something it was it was a good win it was a good win i mean yeah this blueprint has been shown against better teams like i that mavericks game might have been one of the best blueprints of this kind of thing uh maybe maybe one of the best wins of the season yeah, yeah one, definitely. definitely one of the best wins of yes, the season but absolutely. if the clippers are going to win in the playoffs it's going to be like that and they were fantastic in that game even wins like against the lakers and such i mean those are good wins but i i felt like the clippers didn't really impose their will as much as they made plays late to win and uh, the mavericks game from top to bottom was uh, just them suffocating the other team. And that's that's what you want to see. And they had a, had a bit of that in this game, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Clippers this week were not particularly impressive. We both predicted 4-0 um, with our little optimism, optimistic streak. And uh, they went 3-1, which is fine. Um, but the team kind of needs to get it together. They're, they're healthy again. Um, they have all their yeah. players now. Yeah. And they don't play until Friday, I want to say. So they're going to be able to practice. They're going to be able, and it's against the Warriors, who were probably the worst team in the West. Probably, like, easily the worst team in the West. Yeah, really uh, so, and it's a home game. So the Clippers are going to have a nice, uh, nice little. Not, I don't want to call it warm up because they still have Draymond Green, and they could, you know, and D'Angelo Russell, I think, is still playing. So you never know for certain. But it's the Warriors, and they're pretty bad. And then after that, they're going to have a fairly big game in Denver. Um, against the Nuggets. And they'll be fairly rested considering they only played one game the whole week. So that's going to be a game to circle, a game to watch. And the, the Nuggets have size. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what we do against them. It'll be interesting to see how much Zubat plays in that game. Um, but that's going to be an interesting game. What do you think, Rob? Hey, I'm going to say 2-0. 2-0? Nice. Yeah, I mean, I think last week, the 4-0, they didn't live up to it. Um but, I mean, considering how much rest they have, they should really kind of destroy Golden State. Um, 
you know, considering how they've played the past two games against really bad teams, who knows? But um, you know, I mean, I think they'll they'll win that one. And then at Denver, you know, I just I just feel good about that one. I think the Clippers are going to be really hyped up um, going into that one. The Nuggets have been really good this year. They're a team that a lot of people think is you know one of the couple other contenders in the Western Conference. And I think, you know, it's a good matchup for the Clippers. Jokic is tough because of his size. Um, but I don't think the Nuggets really have wing defenders who can stick with Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Um, Barton and Gary Harris are both good, but they're both, you know, kind of undersized. Um, you know, Jeremy Grant can maybe do something. Um, but I'm, I'm not too, too worried about that game. It should be a really good game, though. I'm, I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say one and one. I can't. I, can't. Uh, I, I, I think the Nuggets game will be very close, and I think that they could win. I've had too many bad memories in Denver, too. I just feel like the Clippers have like lost uh, since, you know, the um, the 06 playoffs. But uh, I feel like I, I remember, like, Randy Foy hitting a game winner in Denver. Like, I just, I just remember too many things. I think Lou Williams today in the two-minute mark almost had an eight-second violation. And I was, like, screaming at him. I was like, get over. I Sam Cassell and, like, memories from, from that Elton Brand team. Like, I, I remember everything too much. And so I'm going to say that they, lost, they lose a close game in Denver and they blow out the Warriors. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a good game. They could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if they go to an I think just the fact that they lost this game this week um, makes me hedge my bets a little bit. So we'll see what they do. Um, but hopefully they'll be rested and ready to go and healthy, most importantly, for that mm-hmm. game. Um, yeah, I think we can get to Twitter questions. Yeah, great. So first up, we have um, Aussie Clip Fan. Considering Tress's comments after the Grizzlies lost, do you think there are chemistry and locker room problems you are not aware of? I love the honesty personally but not sure if it may have rubbed others on the team the wrong way. Would love your thoughts on this. I don't think there are chemistry or locker room problems. I think the team was very frustrated about their play and were kind of embarrassed about it. They got booed at home. Um, That's never good, especially for a team that fancies itself a contender. But uh, as far as I know, chemistry and locker room is pretty good. I mean, I don't think they're the tightest team ever. I don't think the chemistry is quite what it was last year when, you know, they were probably had one of the best chemistries of any team in the NBA. Um, But I don't think there are any real problems or or issues going on at the present moment. Yeah, I don't think so either. And this was addressed. uh, There was a question in pregame about chemistry issues following Trez's um, remarks. Doc pretty much dismissed it right away. I don't think there's chemistry issues. I think the team holds each other pretty uh, culpable and with a leader like Kawhi Leonard like he's the perfect kind of guy to have in these kind of situations because he will hold uh, quietly everybody responsible and he never like looks to just pass the buck I think he likes to take responsibility and move forward so that's a good thing having Kawhi as the as a leader of this team and you know Pat Beverly is also yeah. another leader and he's not going to just like place blame on you know without also blaming it on himself so I think I think we're fine yeah Next question from um, at Ben Thrifty. He has two questions. The first is, which lineups or tandems do you most think Doc has underexplored with the Clippers roster thus far? far? Um, so with tandems, I'll go that first. I think Lou and Zoo. I think Zoo, if nothing else, has proven he's pretty good in the pick and roll. And I don't think he's played all that much with Lou Williams, who's the Clippers' best pick and roll ball handler. I do think, you know, Lou and Trez have explosive chemistry they're tried, you know, tried, tried and tested um, combination, and you know you want to utilize that as much as possible. But I do think Lou and Zoo could do a lot of stuff offensively and would be better defensively. So I think I'd like to see a little bit more of Lou play with Zubots. In terms of lineups, um, uh, I'm trying to think. I think maybe, you know. Uh, I would like to see them go without either Lou or Trez down the stretch of game sometimes. Um, whether that means Jermichael Green or Ivica Zubat at center or guards with, you know, Pat Beverly and Landry Shamit or Pat Beverly, you know, Kawhi, um, PG, Jermichael, uh, Zoo or Jermichael Trez. I, I think just trying to not have both of them on the court down the fourth quarter I think that could be interesting, and I think that's something that Doc Rivers should explore a little bit more to kind of bolster the defense a little bit. Um, yeah, 
I, I agree with that. And I, you know, I also just don't mind seeing Shamit to close some games, even instead of Pat, like an offensive set with Shamit instead of Pat, like a little bit more often because Shamit is just such a knockdown three point shooter. And it really helps space the floor a little bit more granted. He might still be left open, but I w- I wouldn't mind seeing that some more. I agree with you. I mean, Lou or has had, had early chemistry with zoo. They played very briefly. I want to say on the Lakers and Lou, was not shy about talking about Zubac's skills uh, coming to the Clippers. So that would be a nice tandem. I'm excited to see the healthy bench back together and see what they can do um, now that we have our horses. You know, just having Sham, Magruder, uh, Lou, and Trez. Um, and who am I missing? And Jamichael. I just want to see them back together and playing more minutes and just seeing. Because I feel like I feel like we've, lo- we've lost starters and then that's hurt the hurt the bench a little bit, but the benches look pretty good last couple of games, but we losing starters has really weakened our starting unit. And we've seen them, especially these last couple of games with these really poor starts where they're almost reminiscent of last year's starts. Uh, but when he had Avery Bradley, not quite maybe as bad, but these first quarters have been almost as bad as when we got kind of outpaced early on at a lot of those early games last year. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, and next question, um, interesting one here, also from Athen Thrifty. Also, if the team needed a group bonding app, bonding exercise to build chemistry, what activity would you recommend? You can go first. <laughs> um, I don't know. The fishing thing was super cool. Ultimate Frisbee worked for my residency. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I just think I just think hanging out is always a good thing, just to just to build chemistry. I don't really know what the what the best kind of uh, best thing that they could do would be, but anything where the, there's some sort of you know teamwork involved and something you know an escape room would be tight. <laughs> I, I was gonna say escape room. I like yeah. escape room. Uh, I think a nice hike. You know, <laughs> nice hike. Yeah, they could go. They could go to. Uh, or they could go like snowboarding in Big Bear. That'd be fun. Yeah, you know, some kind of outdoor. I don't know about snowboarding because I'd be worried about an injury. Somebody would get hurt. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Snowboarding is the worst. It's so, yeah. I get so sore the next day. Uh, escape room would be good. Um, I don't know. Something, something outside where they can just have fun and hang out. Like a group campfire or something. Yeah. S'mores. S'mores. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know. I'm not really a big team bonding person. Um I don't really go for like the raw raw kind of stuff. Oh, we used to we 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 have like once a year uh, retreats, so and we do like trivia at the end of the night. I I always get really into it, and we just split up. They and should then do trivia. That's great. Trivia, trivia would be awesome. Yeah, the, we'll have like you know, you bring up the two way guys. You have a few teams of five or teams of four. Yeah, have them do trivia. See who's good at trivia. Have like. <laughs> Put like random, put, you know, like you have a first stringer, a second stringer, a third stringer, and like a two-way guy um, or a G-leaguer on each team. Pair of guys who don't play together much or know each other too much. I think that would be good. Um, Yeah. Give me trivia. Um, (laughs) Next question is from uh, Don John at John Evans 57. Can we finally move past the worry about Lou Will from a few weeks ago? Can we also start to be a little concerned about the defense? I think people have been concerned about the defense. Um, I still think that, you know, I'm not too worried about it in the context of winning a championship. I do think that he probably shouldn't play as much as he does. Um, I understand in a game like today where he's cooking and they need him out there, but there are just too many times where I think he gets tired and it makes his already bad defense even worse. Um, and I was never that worried about his offense. Um, yeah. This kind of portends another question. Are you more com- – if, if this Clipper team had to trade one of the two – uh, who do you think is is more critical to this team's? I, I think it's Lou. Well, just yeah, ask, just saying, Lou versus Trez. Like, who do you think? Who do you think is more? Who would you rather lose in a trade? Trez. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I'm saying I think Lou is more critical to yeah, the team. I agree. Yeah. 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 And I think I think if we can trade Trez for a 30 minute big, who's a two way player then I would do it. Like, and I, I feel bad because those two seem like they're attached to the hip at times. But I think Lou can vibe off any big, honestly. He's such a talented playmaker. And mm-hmm. I think Trez is getting to the point where he's inde- independent of Lou, where he can just get his yeah. points now too. So goes both Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. Um, 
Next question is from Vahimer uh, at the Hemer. Is this a finals caliber team? Are we going to pay Trez? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I think this team could beat any team in the NBA in a seven-game series. I think they'd be favored against, you know, 26 or 27 teams in a seven-game series. Um, by definition, I think that's a finals caliber team. Are we going to play Trez? I honestly don't know. I would probably lean towards no, um, but I really couldn't couldn't tell you. I, I really don't know. Right. Uh, the Trez question has always been kind of a, a question. I think we've talked about it before too. I mean, I feel like I feel like if they want a title, you reluctantly pay Trez, but he yeah. has he has deficiencies, man. And I, I love Trez. I love his growth. Uh, I love his mentality. I love what he does for the team. But it just gets to the point where if this guy's going to offer a near a commended near max deal, and he has so many deficiencies that he just can't help. So, yeah, I mean, if we win a title, what he's probably saying, we're probably paying him if we keep him through the year. But it, it would be kind of hesitantly. I'm sure Jerry West would chime in with his hesitation, even though as much as Trez is meant to the scene so far. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I love Trez, and ideally I'd like to keep him on the Clippers, you know, forever. Um, but I just – I don't know how realistic that is. Um, but, yeah. Next question um, from Hoopzilla. What is the answer for the decaying consistency? I think some of it is really just chemistry and reps. I think these guys still need more chemistry and um, – need to know where each other goes on the court and their strengths and weaknesses and inclinations. Um, again, I mean, I think probably part of it is, is lowering Lou and Tress's minutes a little bit. They're the two worst defenders of any of the regular rotation players by a huge amount. And, you know, getting their minutes down to under 30 would probably help quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's reps. I mean, ultimately, it would be nice if we could get a 30-minute two-way center. Uh, that would be great. Um, but I think it's going to be reps for this current team. Yeah. And then finally, IBG at Cola Champ Poppy. Does Trez start once he signs that max deal? Um, I don't know whether this is with the Clippers or elsewhere. Um, on the Clippers, I don't think so. On, um, on another team, I'm guessing they would pay him to start. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for, for questions. Um, you know, I, I'm still kind of I iffy. Think, I, think there was, I think there was one more, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, Mitchell Robles, did we talk to that? Oh, did yeah, yeah. No, that was the most recent one. Yeah, very good, good catch. Um, yeah. Mitchell Robles, uh, with all this bizarre trade talk, here's a fun trade question. If you could trade a Kurt Clips player for any former Clipper player ever straight up, who do you guys choose? This trade has to be one for one. Um, I'm guessing it would be a current, a former Clippers player who's still playing right now, not like any Clippers player who's ever played for them because then it would be, you know, I'll trade, you know, uh, Yondu Kavangeli for prime Chris Paul or something. Sure. Um, I would still think I'd probably trade for Chris Paul. Um, I would trade, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the salaries have to match, um, because it says one for one. Um, but I would probably trade, I don't know. I trade if it has to be as close to, um, you know, attainable as possible. I would trade Landry Shamit for Chris Paul. I trade Lou Williams for Chris Paul. Um, <laughs> I trade Montrezl Hill for Chris Paul. I'm going to, I'm going to take this question as, uh, as fun and like, for former Clippers too, uh, I would trade. Um, I would trade. Let's say, let's say Zubat, or maybe even Trez, one or the other. I would trade one of them for um, 07 Chris Kamen. That's who I would trade for. <laughs> uh, I would probably 07 Chris Kamen, 15 and 12 Chris Kamen before he shot just like mid-range jumpers the rest of his life. Like when Kamen was like a defensive presence and was a monster. That would that would be, and it could still score. That's who I would trade for. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think if it was anybody, I would probably do you know fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, or sixteen. DJ, um, DJ. Yeah. Or let's get uh, let's get uh, that dude from the Braves. Why am I forgetting his name? The guy who won Bob MVP. McAdoo. Yeah, let's get McAdoo, right? Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> be um, good. But yeah, I mean, I think that's it for questions and. Um, 
I don't think I have too much else. Um, again, I'm not panicking. I do think that this team needs more reps, and I'm still trying to give them time. But I do think, uh, you know, they need to be a little bit more serious on a game-to-game basis. Um, you know, they're clearly not taking a lot of these games seriously. And it's why they're giving up so many points to these bad teams. Um, really, I just want them to be more, to be more fun to watch. I don't think <laughs> they've been that entertaining for large stretches of the season. And uh, I want them to be fun again. Make the Clippers fun again. Make the Clippers fun again in, in, in all red. Yeah, please. Um, I want to really quickly give some shout-outs to some people who have been um, donating through the Patreon. Um, and really quickly, we have a few – we have one-time shout-outs to get to and some monthly shout-outs. Really quick to start, I want to just shout-out Grindbin Pod, Podcast, who uh, contributed as a one-time shout-out. Um, I like look had to look up who this was really, and it's like a podcast on Grindhouse Films, which is super super cool. Uh, they have a Twitter account at GrindPod, and they have a bunch of really cool movies that they reviewed on here, and it's super super cool. They already have like ten k followers or so, ten ten and a half k followers, and I was just like scrolling through right now. And this is cool. I should check this out because I like Grindhouse. Uh, so shout out to them. And just a few monthlies that we want to we want to get to. Uh, we want to shout out Chester. Uh, Chester and G. Last name's NG. I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, there are a lot of last names and first names I might mispronounce. I apologize in advance, especially since my name's Chapon and people mess it up all the time. Uh, Chester, I want to give a shout out to. Anthony Garcia, shout out. Uh, Garrett Lerner. Uh, Jesse Beer, longtime listener of the pod. Um, Ask Twitter questions a lot. Really cool dude. Uh, Rob Diaz, uh, Johnny Walker, and Andrew Opilas. Just shout outs to everybody. And just thank you all for contributing. Like, we really appreciate it. We've been overwhelmed by the support that we've received so far. And um, thank you so much. Yeah. And shout out to Johnny as well, who, sorry if anybody else, if I don't know you as well, but uh, I've been a mutual follower of uh, Johnny on Twitter for quite a while. Um, so shouts. Thanks for the for the support, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks everyone again. And uh, I think that'll do it for this episode of Law of the Jam, the podcast. As always, give us a nice rating review on whatever you listen to us to. And of course, go Clippers. <laughs> <laughs>